Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 111. That's three ones in a row. I'm so excited. You can find all show notes over at robinbelgian.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Amber Lillystrom. Amber is a transformational branding and business strategist, writer, and speaker. She has been featured in Entrepreneur and Working Mother magazine and is the host of the Amber Lillystrom Show podcast. She helps entrepreneurs turn their passions into heart-centered brands and thriving businesses. From idea conception to the construction of the business and its digital landscape, Amber supports visionaries, leaders, and disruptivators in changing the world and their lives. So she spent 10 years working in the collegiate athletic marketing world, managing the University of New Hampshire Wildcats brand, as well as teaching sports marketing and mentoring student interns. She was recognized as one of the top sports marketing professionals in the nation before she left to start her own business. So we recorded the episode. It was spectacular. I've been trying to get a hold of her for a while, and I'm so excited to introduce you guys to her. She's been traveling. She actually just attended Lori Harder's Bliss Project. So she got back late yesterday and I even said, you know, do you want to reschedule again? Do you want an hour back in your day? And she said, no, let's do this. And it was an amazing conversation. So I can't wait for you guys to enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Amber. Hey, Robin. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on the show. I knew you were an alpha female the minute I found you on Instagram. So when we sent over what the the current definition of what an alpha female is, what did you think of it and how do you see yourself as one? You know, I mean, I love that you talked about constellations and stars and, um, and about specifically about harmony. And as I was sharing with you before we hit record, I had written an article for Working Mother magazine about, um, the myth of balance and how for me really the focus is on harmony in my life and, how as a, as a mompreneur, as someone who is building a, a successful business and, and is also a, a wife and a mother and a friend and my own aborning soul, someone who's on her own healing growth expansion journey every single day, um, that's going to require different things every day. And uh, learning how to respect my own needs not only uh, helps me to perform at a higher level and to be more giving and more loving and, and all the things I want to be, but it also helps me to show other women the the path to that and empower and inspire them to embrace that as well. So that's really what, what it just felt like an affirmation. And um, I, I couldn't agree more with what you've got going on uh, in your 
in your world. Yeah. I love it. So uh, it was really cool that you shared before we started pressing record that you were already on the Harmony bandwagon, um, which I absolutely love. So as you, you know, we've read in your bio that um, you've left the corporate world to launch your own, you know, epic empire. So talk to us about how you currently structure your days. What does work-life harmony um, entail for you? So it, it looks like um, giving myself really slow mornings because that was the thing in my corporate life um, that I was craving the most. And I think I also felt like when I was in my job, um, I was in my job with collegiate athletics uh, for, for 10 years. It was a decade long career. It was my first career. And I just felt like I was always leaving all the time. You know, it was like I would wake up and I'd have like a couple of minutes to myself, but there was always this ticking clock telling me I had to be somewhere. I had to go do something for somebody else. And it, I started to just resent a big part of my life, which was my work life. And when I have crafted this business, I mean, I think it's easy in some ways to have that kind of happen again when it's been a groove and it's been a pattern and, and there's really more beneath the surface around why we structure our lives in that way, which we can maybe extrapolate on even further. Um, but it, as an entrepreneur, you know, I get to decide what my schedule is. Nobody else does. I ultimately get to decide like, just like you, when do you record your podcast episodes? When do you not record your podcast episodes? When do you work with clients? When do you not work with clients? Um, and so slow mornings for me are super important because I need space and a runway to just get into the day and to connect to spirit and figure out what messages are coming through for me. Um, and then to spend time, of course, with my family and to be with our daughter and my husband and just doing the things we do as a family before I get in the chair and I start, um, working with, with the people of the world, you know, getting on client calls or doing interviews or doing my own interviews for my podcast. Um, and then, you know, if you zoom out even further, it's like just looking at the days of the week and each day kind of has a different feel and a focus. And, um, but the balance is this is like, if I need to make shifts, if I need to make changes, uh, I can, and I give myself the permission to do that. That's so cool. Okay. There's lots that I want to kind of pull out here. <laughs> so, um, and it's funny because I work in a full time, I'm still in the corporate world. And so podcast recordings are on my lunch hours. <laughs> I, like, I book a boardroom and I hide in it. And, um, sometimes I'll be in a meeting and it'll go right up until the 12 PM mark. I'm like, I have to leave. I have a podcast record. And my boss looks at me. I'm like, you knew, you knew when you hired me that this was my thing. Yes. I love it. Good for you, girl. Yeah. But it is true when you're, when you're on someone else's time clock, you have to be cognizant of that and careful of how you structure your days. Um, and you, you do answer quote unquote to someone else. So that's, you know, it's a theme that I hear over and over again with my entrepreneurial guests that are like, I just want to create my own day. I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want, and especially, um, moms who want to have like delicious routines with their babes are just like, I, I don't want to feel like I'm running away from them. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Yes. And, um, my fiance and I are getting married this year and I can't wait to pop out babies. So <laughs> I, I love listening to how my guests are kind of structuring their days because I know that's down the road for me. Okay. Overachiever. That's what I, wanted to pull out because it's, um, it's a, it's a theme with alpha females. You know, we have a very strong, I, we've talked on the show a bit about masculine and feminine energy and how that is the only thing that needs to be balanced in our lives. Um, but yeah, that alpha side, the do mentality, the, the create, the get shit done. Um, it, 
can create a lot of sickness or stress in our lives. So how do you kind of keep that overachiever in check? Hmm. Um, I think that's something I will be working on forever. Um, if I'm being completely honest, because it's just like, then a new opportunity arises and something that's exciting. And my groove is still like, yes, you know, like exciting, go do it. Um, and then I have those moments where I freak out because I know that it's just too much. And so that harmony is the, I think it's like the, the expansion, the contraction, the expansion, the contraction, like going, and ultimately I would like to make that range just get a little smaller and feel a little bit more peaceful. And I I think that ultimately like that is the actual work and no matter what it is, your career, you know, because here's the thing, you know, the things that I struggle with still are some of the same things I struggle with in my corporate career. So, um, what I really believe is that creating this entrepreneurial, uh, landscape for my life and, uh, getting to do it this way is, has just given me more space to do my deeper work. And so, yeah, (laughs) so I think that's, that's really like what this is actually about. And that's the reason, um, you know, the work that I do with female entrepreneurs and helping them grow their businesses, um, you know, we can throw all the strategy in the world at things, but if you are not um, doing your own deep work beneath the surface to create a solid foundation that that business and, and that life is built upon, then it's always going to feel really uncomfortable and painful and stressful. And you're going to be living this like full, full throttle, anxiety ridden lifestyle. And I think for a lot of us, that definitely was what my life was because I also came from a background and a history that was built upon stress and anxiety. And so, of course, it was easy for me to just get into a job that helped perpetuate that. And now I'm in this place of like, oh, it's uncomfortable for me to sit still. It's uncomfortable for me to have white space, but it's the thing that I need the very most. And so therefore, I've had to work really hard to create a career that that makes space for the space um, and toggle back and forth between, you know, what is the right, what is the right yes and what is the right no. It's fascinating that, you know, as we move through life, we can be very um, introspective on how we've created certain things. And from like a career standpoint or a relation standpoint, there's the age old uh, kind of conversation that goes on around how we keep manifesting and keep calling things into our life. If we believe that like we're safe in that cycle, like if we are, if we thrive on chaos and anxiety and we know how to deal with that, we keep calling that into our lives. Cause we're like, this is just my normal. Same. Yeah. Same thing with like relationships. If you know, you go through like the roller coaster of emotions, you're like, I got this. Like, this is, this is my thing. I know how to handle this. And you keep calling those same relationships into your life. Cause you're like, this is my normal. I don't know anything different. Um, so was there ever a time that things just felt like completely out of, um, out of whack? And I know you've shared this on a lot of your platforms, but from, for the listeners of this podcast, kind of share with us, have you ever had like an aha moment where you're like, no, I need, to, I need to take better care of myself. I need to do something different. Um, whatever that might be. Yeah. I mean, obviously leaving my corporate career, that was a huge one. Um, I almost died when my daughter was born. So I think that, you know, stopping breathing on the operating room table during my daughter's birth, this day that I dreamt about all the days of my life, uh, which was supposed to be like the happiest day ever. And here I am unable to breathe and, and having this real check moment that I might not even meet my daughter was huge. And it was an invitation 
for me to get really real about what it was I wanted to be doing with my life. And I had known it, yet I was hiding from it because it was scary. So that was obviously like the, a, a huge catalyst for me. And so then there've been like zillions of micro moments ever since. And I think even just in the iterations of my business, I've been in business for four years ish. And, um, you know, I started when I launched, um, I had one client and I quit my 10 year career, which was literally a bit insane, but I went for it. And within, within the four weeks of getting ready to leave the job, I had three more clients. And so um, my business just grew and I, I've never had a doubt that it was going to work. You know, I've always known because the vision was so clear and so strong and I had such a strong awakening that I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But the mechanics inside of that um, and dealing with my own sort of like value, uh, my own, like my own personal value proposition and what I bring and all those things. Like there's, there's been so much work to do inside of that. And so I started my business and I was like the Cirque du Soleil queen of the universe. I'm like, I'll design your website. I'll do your logo. I'll coach you. I will write your copy. I will mow your lawn and babysit your child. You know, like I would do all the overachieverness, <laughs> like everything, because it was this, like, I'm, you know, if you think I'm worthy, then, then, then I am. And then I can do this. Right. So I definitely kind of launched from that, that place and that energy, but it was this awesome invitation for me to realize that's what I was doing in my corporate job. I was the Cirque du Soleil queen of the universe there. It took them two years plus to hire someone in my position because they couldn't find someone that could do all of the ridiculous things that I did there. <laughs> it was just like really ironic and a really beautiful reflection for, um, really honing down on what are you the best at? What brings you the most joy? How do you help people achieve the greatest results? And how can you, uh, get rid of the stuff that is not your favorite? And I've just, it's like a, it's a continual pruning process being an entrepreneur. I think in just in general in life as well. Have you done personal work around work and worthiness? Oh yeah. 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 Do you work with your clients on that as well? Yes. A hundred percent. You know, it's like, we can't teach what we haven't learned. Um, and we also teach what we need to learn. So it's like this process, <laughs> it's, it's like the and bothness of that. Um, but I always say that, you know, our ideal client is the former version of us. So I can help my clients with the things that I have done the work on. And so that's part of the reason why I'm so excited about doing my own personal work constantly, because I know, first of all, that's going to make me feel better and it's going to help me grow. And I can then gift that to other people and help them on their journeys and help them move through the things that took me, that took me down, you know, like the really, really painful things. And maybe it won't take them down quite as far. Maybe they'll move through it more quickly. Um, maybe they'll realize more quickly how incredible they are, how worthy they are. Uh, maybe they'll start giving themselves their own love sooner than, than the 30 plus years that it took me to do that. So, um, yeah. And I mean, I still, I still, you know, I have a therapist and I work with, with coaching. I have a coach of my own and a spiritual mentor and, you know, just, I've got a posse. I love it. And, uh, I had a guest come on once who's like one of like her main mantra is we're here to, to learn and to teach. And, um, I absolutely love that you live by that. And we've also had a few conversations about, um, helping others. And there are many people, you know, in the online entrepreneurial world who say like, help the person that's a few steps behind, but that has never felt good to me because I, I, it puts you on a pedestal versus like the word behind really was triggering for me. So I love that you say just former self, that you've moved through, learned something. Um, and that language feels beautiful to me. Okay. I can hear it in your voice. So this is one of my like favorite questions to like keep you, 
going down this tangent, but what are you most passionate about? Um, at the very root and core of it, I'm most passionate about helping people uh, end their suffering. And to be human is to suffer, but to um, because that's what we do as a space of humanity, essentially. But that suffering leads us to our joy and it helps us pull ourselves up and out. And that's obviously been, you know, my journey. If you look at some of the most successful people out there, it's because they've, I mean, those guys have experienced some of the the deepest suffering that there is, right? Abuse, pain, uh, poverty. And from that suffering is where we can rise. And so I am interested in I'm fascinated by my own suffering, by my own pain, by my own, you know, quirks and things that I get stuck around and then helping other people um, recognize that it doesn't have to be the dead end, that it can be um, honestly the launching pad to their to their next level. I just finished reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving Up by Mark Manson. And I absolutely like there's one question that he posed in the book that has really stuck with me is that, yes, you know, life is about suffering, about problems, but what problem do you want to have? Um, and that was really interesting to me because, you know, suffering is going to come and go, but how, how are you going to move through it? Or how are you going to hold space for that problem um, so that it doesn't become uh, a showstopper uh, in your life? And that's been interesting to kind of sit with. Um, and I absolutely love that, um, that that is the root because, you know, when you read your bio, it's like business and brand strategist, but then you hear that you want to heal suffering. <laughs> it's like, well, and here's the thing that the fact that people don't connect the dots on that, you know, and, and, and they don't, um, but you know, look at Tony Robbins, right? He teaches, he also teaches business. He teaches people, he has his business mastery, but we can't get to getting you to strategy and getting you to be most effective in your profession. If we're not helping you become most effective in your life first. Um, and right now the, the positioning of my brand is such that I serve female entrepreneurs predominantly, um, people who are at the juncture that maybe you're at, that it's like, I'm still in this corporate job, but I'm ready to launch that. I'm wanting to take this next step on my journey, but I'm not exactly sure how to do that. That's where I, where I come in, right? That's where I get really excited because you have, you have motivation. You also have limitation and you also have, um, some struggle and some uncertainty. And my favorite thing to do is to help people discover what I discovered and uh, really tap into what your individual core purpose and message is, and then figure out how to ride that rocket ship out of what's not working for you. Oh, I love the work that you're doing. So Thank you. my listeners absolutely love hearing kind of nuggets of wisdom, as we call them, on how my epic alpha females are truly taking care of themselves. So I wanted to I wanted to dig into that. Um, so when I say, how do you nourish yourself? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, where I live, <laughs> you know, like my home space has become is honestly, um, and it's funny because I just got off a plane last night from LA and was heading home and my husband's driving me and I'm sitting in the backseat with my daughter because I've been away from her for four days. So I literally cannot physically be close enough to her. I'm just like, can I just attach you to my body koala style right now? Because I missed you so much. So, you know, I'm back in the backseat with her and we're just talking and, um, I, I could feel my nervous system just like releasing and relaxing as we were driving up the road towards our house, because 
things are so I live in New Hampshire. So for those of you guys who are listening, um, I live in New Hampshire and here it is, it is just so like rural and there are, there's space in between things, <laughs> you know, it's like the businesses are not jacked on top of each other. There's open spaces It take, you have to like drive to get places and it's not like a five second, you know, walk. It's not a city, you know, where, where we live here, there are cities in New Hampshire, but, um, there's, it's a small, small state. And I live on a lake out in the woods with all these beautiful pine tree sisters surrounding me. I'm looking at them right now at the window. And, um, it is cold. Yes, but it is, it is beautiful. And the, the quiet is like this incredible juxtaposition for, I think the pace at which we live life and it helps center me. It helps me ground and it helps me, you know, come home to myself every, literally every single day. And you stand up paddleboard or kayak in the summer. Yeah. That I mean, was it, like my first, um, I think exposure to you. I landed on your website and I saw this like beautiful, like drone footage of you on the lake. And I was like, ah, I'm just, yes. yeah. So yes. That's yes. Awesome. And I mean, we'll be, it's March right now as we're recording this, but, um, the ice is, is slowly receding on the lake. And also we're getting a foot of snow tomorrow. But as soon as that ice is like, you know, we have this thing where we're like total weirdos, but we'll go out in the plastic kayak and like smack, like break the ice up. <laughs> like we get out there, we're like, we're going to help this melt faster so we can get out sooner out on the water. So we will kayak in March. Like that's how, how serious we are about this. <laughs> are you still outdoor people in the winter too? Um, I used to ski. I don't anymore. I mean, I could, I just, it's not that comfortable for me because of some knee injuries from my college soccer days. Um, but, but I, but I go outside every day. I go for a walk every single day. Um, we live down, you know, quarter mile long dirt driveway in the, in the trees and I take my dog for a walk every day. So yeah, it's like, we just have to get out and breathe in, breathe in that God air and remind ourselves of who we really are, which is, not like this machine that's sitting behind machines, you know, and, and staring at screens all day. We have to connect to source and to spirit into God and energy. And that's what rejuvenates me. Mm, that's awesome. When I moved from Toronto to Ottawa two years ago for my boyfriend, now fiance, I remember people asking me like, so what's the move? Like they wanted me, I think they wanted me to say like, I miss Toronto. I was like, it's different, but it's like, qu it's quiet. And I didn't know what to do with it, but now I understand what I like, what my body needed, um, was that quiet. And I, uh, was so drawn to kind of not only my person, but also the, the my hometown and returning back to this city that is just so much more quiet. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, that, and that's okay. Like you can still be an ambitious go-getter hustler alpha female in a quiet space. <laughs> Yes. Amen. So other than walks, is there any other thing that you would kind of point out in your fitness or movement routine? Um, I honestly, you know, so I had an eating disorder for like 15 years and I was a division one collegiate athletics or excuse me, a soccer player. And then I was also um, a fitness competitor after that. And so it was just very much like this extreme you know, way of, of moving my body and, and re requiring and requesting things for my body. So for now, um, I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I eat, don't eat animal. Um, I don't eat meat at all. Um, I definitely eat very minimal dairy and very minimal, um, in the way of like eggs or anything. Um, so it's like basically almost fully vegan, but my body still is trying to do that transition and there's been some bumps. So I just really focus on plant-based living as much as possible. Um, and I think the other thing is like, 
I just have learned Robin to ask my body every day. Like, what do you need today? What is it today? And some days it's like, girlfriend, let's run, you know, like let's do sprints. Let's, let's do the, let's pop on the video and get, get, you know, cracking with the weights and stuff. And then other days it's like, just, just go paddling, just go for a walk, just go for a light run, you know? And, and so for me, it's like, I move every day in some capacity, but I just can't have rules. Like rules for me are the, like I I'm a, I'll rebel against rules. So I have to know myself enough to know. I just trust what my body's asking for. And then I give that to it. I think I just start attracting more and more women, uh, guests on the show that are just like, I can't have a structured routine. Like it's been a theme. It's been a theme in the past year and a half. Um, which is fascinating because I also was a fitness competitor you know, you have these, you have these strict rules so that like you can stay within your lane and get to the end game that you've set a goal for, which is really, which was really great if you've never had, um, rules or parameters and you're trying to teach yourself habits or routines. Um, so I don't always badmouth the fitness industry. No, no, it's good. It just, I, but I do, I do, I do. I have, I've had, I have had former fitness competitors and we've like knocked it completely because of what it does to so many women. Yes. But here's why though, like we have to, we have to tap into why, right? It's because there's an instability before you get into it. So it's not necessarily what's wrong there. I mean, of course there's like parts of it that are very dysfunctional, but again, it's because people who are looking for external validation and not wanting to do their own internal work are stepping into this fitness space to have that be the be all end all like the the solution and it's just not so just like being successful in entrepreneurship having lots of money having lots of followers having the love of your life like none of those things are going to quote unquote fix you you are the person who has to do that deep work to make peace within yourself to find that harmony and to live that life that is really going to help you feel fulfilled, period. Oh, it's so true. It's, it was basically like people getting into fitness camp competitions were like, it was before the Instagram double tap. Now we're dealing, now we're dealing with like why we post and want the external validation constantly. So I love that. Yeah. It's, it's about really like what inner work does someone need to do so that, um, those types of experiences aren't detrimental to, um, inner emotional health. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, and other than kind of just the quiet place that you live in, and I know you love going for evening paddles, but are there anything, um, else in your evening routine that you kind of use to wind down from, um, say many, too many appointments during a day? Yeah. Um, you know, we have a family dinner every night and we like sit at the table, we like candles, we put music on, we say grace, like it's, we're together as a family eating together. Um, and even it's so sweet. Even when I was away these last few nights, my husband was still was doing that with our daughter and he, they would send me a video of them saying grace and like, including me in it, which I was just like watching this video, like crying, like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> so amazing. So so definitely that piece. And then, you know, doing bedtime with our daughter and like, just, you know, being like offline, you know, and just being with her being together. And then, um, and then, you know, usually Ben and I will do like a little finishing up things online answering, you know, for me, I'll just go in and kind of take the last swoop of the day with comments and responding to people about things on Instagram or whatever. And then, um, I just get my list for the day, you know, it's like, what are the most important things to be focusing on tomorrow? Kind of taking like the state of the state in in my notebook. Cause I like to handwrite that out. 
Um, there's nothing like the dopamine hit of crossing things off your to-do list. It literally is one of my most favorite things in the world. So I just kind of like recalibrate for, okay, what was accomplished? What needs to be focused on tomorrow? Look at my day ahead so that I can mentally sort of prepare for that. And then, um, you know, try to get to bed as early as possible because sleep is magic. And I just think as a society, most of us don't get enough sleep. And so, um, I'm always trying to get lights out definitely by 10, you know, at the, at the latest. I'm like running to bed. Uh, we go to bed at nine here and I'm amazing. <laughs> I've been going to bed like earlier and earlier. I've been like running to the bedroom at like eight 40. So I have like a bit of reading time yes, before my, I know I always read because <laughs> he's been coming like right to bed at nine. I'm like, I need a chapter. So I like have been booking it down, uh, to our bedroom, but it's, um, it's amazing to hear that you still do work. Like I have a lot of guests come on and they're like, no screen time before, but it's like, sometimes you still need to connect. And if you've had quiet moments through your day, you've just picked, you've picked your priorities and structured your day properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, my phone is never, we keep our phones downstairs. They're not in our bedroom. And, um, and yeah, but I mean, it's like, let's be real. You know, it's like, that would be nice to say no screen. I mean, we don't watch TV really. We have a television, but the likelihood of us turning that on is pretty slim. It's usually like Friday night, we'll watch something. Um, but we're, yeah, it's just, it's like, we're, you know, we're, my husband works in my business with me, like we're together. So we'll recap on things. We also homeschool. So there's not a lot of time for us in the day to connect on like this, the stuff, you know? So, um, those evening chats are, are they're business related, but they're also like, we check in with each other. How are you feeling? What's going on? What do you need? How can I support you? Um, you know, that as well. Mm, I love that. Um, we had, I think two episodes before yours. Um, uh, we had a really great conversation about, um, masculine and feminine energy and not emasculating our partners. Um, so that was a, a really interesting, did you ever have any struggles when you brought your, your partner into the business in terms of ensuring that you had separate roles and that you weren't trying to pull him along? Um, you know, I think here's the thing. My husband is, um, he's just like the most selfless, like go with the flow person. And so I think I was actually creating stories in my head that I was so worried about doing that to him. You know, like I, I mean, I remember times where I would just be like crying and being like, I feel like I'm like doing this to you and I don't want to do that. And he, and he was just be like, you're, you're not, creating, he's like, you're creating that in your head right now. Like, that's not real at all. Like, I don't feel that way. And so I think that that is, you know, that's obviously my own inner work to continue to do because, because, uh, being, I think an alpha female being someone who is, you know, does have that strong masculine edge and had what had to actually live in the masculine predominantly in my corporate career. Um, and now having like totally moved over into having a very strong feminine energy in my work and talking to women all day. Right. And like needing more and more of that flow. Um, the, it, I, yeah, it's like, I'm hard, finding it hard to find the words for it, but I think it's just like this place where you just have to keep checking in with it and, um, and know that it's going to be like a, a, a gentle falling away process in that, not that there's anything wrong with our masculine energy, but when you're aware that you, that you used to drive the bus with that. Um, I think it's, this, it's, you really do have to check in very regularly and allow your partner to step into their masculine. Because if you have a partner who's not, my husband is not like, he's not this like wildly masculine energy kind of guy, you know, it's funny. He was a police officer and all this, but he's just so balanced, you know, on, on it. And so he's just like, whatever, you know, he just kind of, there's no ego there. He's just very relaxed. And so 
sometimes I think I have to encourage him. Like, I want more of your masculine energy to come out. Like, I want you to be more of a leader because sometimes I feel like I'm always leading everything. And I want you to help me out with that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. My, my fiance is really good at holding space for me because I like to tell a lot of stories, a lot of stories. And as a self-development junkie, when that concept was introduced to me, I started going like, am I always telling stories? I think, am I telling a story? And I would go overboard in the story department. He's like, babe, can you chill on the stories? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, like men are so direct, right? And this is a a sweeping generalization, but uh, for women, just the way that our brains work, we have to kind of unpack and, and do the story thing just to like unpack, unpack things and to like really understand it. And, and we do this whole, like, you know, my, one of my clients calls it a fairy tale. Like we create this whole fairy tale around it. And the guys are just like, no, it's this way. (laughs) Yes or no. Um, and so I think we could learn a lot from them around that. And that would just really minimize stress. I think (laughs) many realms of living. He sent me a YouTube video and it was like, he loves comedy and it was a comedian talking about how men and women's brains are different. And he's like, men have boxes in their head and we open one box and that's the thought process. And then we close that box and shut it. Most of the time we have the nothing box open and, (laughs) and I just, you know, it's a funny YouTube video. I'm like, I don't understand. How do you think about nothing? (laughs) I know. I know. I don't understand. uh, Do you ever do the thing with your partner? We're like, what are you thinking about right now? And he's just like, I don't know. Like just thinking that dinner was good. And so I'm like, what do you mean? How is that possible? Like, you're not thinking about like all of the stuff that you have to do and all of your creative ideas and wondering if she's mad at you or she's happy with you or what. And he's just like, Whoa, what is going on over there? (laughs) I don't, I think I'll be working on this for like 40 plus years. I don't think I will ever understand the nothing box. (laughs) I don't think so either, but you know, girls can dream. Right. What would you tell your 20 year old emerging alpha female self? If you could go back in time and give her some advice. Oh yeah. Here it comes. You are allowed, you can have anything you want. You know, you don't have to fit into someone else's definition of, of success, of, uh, love, of achievement, of whatever, you know, I literally did not know at that age how to want what I wanted at all. I have goosebumps because that, that was, that was that was me. And I also had that extra, like, I wish I could tell my 20 year old self that all of those achievements were never going to create worthiness in my life. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. Yep. Oh, I love it. Um, so this is where I try to, um, get a little bit more advice from my guests. I always ask, what is a pain point that you're currently problem solving for in your life? And that could be anything from how people perceive us, misjudge us, misunderstand us, or how we kind of manage, um, the overachiever side of ourselves. I think it's just this like old, this, this age old, sort of low grade anxiety that kind of is running like an app that's still open all the time. How do you, how do you swipe up if you are an iPhone user? How do you swipe up and close that app? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it's, it's literally, it takes discipline. It takes like regular practices and committing to them 
And then um, being so fully present with myself. So sitting, I'll just give you an example. I was sitting at my desk this morning. And as I shared, I got just got back home from a trip. And so, of course, there's like 7 million things that need to be accomplished, right? And people sending me emails and my team wanting, you know, answers on things. And it's just kind of like, come. It's, it like, it's like a pinball machine, right? My phone like becomes a pinball machine. It's like, you know, all these apps are yeah, questions, questions, questions. And I just sat there and I felt like, I, I was like trying to do seven things at once because, you know, one thing's uploading and I'm writing an email over here and then listening to the Voxer while I'm writing that. And, and, and I just like had this moment where I said, I just like stopped. I put the phone down. I flipped it over, took my hands off the keyboard and said, what is the most compassionate thing you can do for yourself right now? And just like took a breath. And then of course, like almost felt like I was going to cry. So I was like, okay, so cool. You can let yourself cry if that's what needs to happen you also need to pee. So can you go to the bathroom, like, and stop sitting at the desk, like dancing around swirling in your chair and, and tell yourself a new story, which is I get to decide what matters most. I get to choose my priorities. I get to reschedule things. If I need to, I get to say, no, I get to say, I'll get back to this later. And I'm going to go for a walk and breathe in some God air, you know? And And it was just like this huge release in that moment because that was the old programming and that comes in all the time because it's really hardwired in our brains. It's the, it's the old groove. And so to create those new neural pathways, it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of time to just be diligent with it. And so I will literally just ask myself that question, you know, what, there's two questions that come up that are really helpful. One is, what is this really about? If I'm starting to feel that kind of like that grip come in, what is this really about? Uh, and then two is what's the most compassionate thing you can do for yourself right in this moment? Oh, I love that. It's also when we, when we think we can multitask again. Yeah, that's such a myth. <laughs> we, we listen to all the podcasts. We read the books about, you know, single brain, like just focus on one thing at a time. And we're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then we end up like I'm looking uh, behind my, my Skype at all of the, the tabs on the browser that are open. I'm like, oh, I'm totally about to do that to myself as soon as we stop recording. Yeah, as soon as you do that, right? So you're like, let this thing process and you're going to like get back in your emails, answer all those things. Okay, now I got to record the intro. Uh, you know, and I forget to do that all the time. My husband will be like, can you send me the intro from those three podcasts you recorded two weeks ago? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I'll get to it. Yeah. No. Oh, it's so funny. I love, I love the, how can we be more compassionate in this moment? I love that question. Oh, it's perfect. Um, so we'll wrap up with the last question, which is my favorite, but please tell us what is your definition of happiness? My definition of happiness is being present for the life that I'm living right now and for the people that are in it. I love it. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing in this world and for making time for us today after a busy trip. We truly appreciate you. Thank you, Robin. Likewise. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. 
and just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.